It is August 15th, 2022. Hi there, I'm Gian Gomeshi. You are listening to Rook. Uh, I hope you're well. Salam Dustana Aziz. Hope you're keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. This is a, a special and different edition of the Rook podcast. Uh, you might hear that it sounds a little different. I'm recording this on my iPhone. I'm actually in Istanbul, Turkey right now. Um, but I thought I'd give you a little heads up because what you're about to hear today is a little different from the regular Rook show. And don't worry, we'll get back to that uh, next week and in the ensuing weeks. But for now, it's a special week for us because it is the release day and the release week of our documentary, the first of a series called Talking to Persians, in this case, Talking to Persians London. Now, if you have been listening to Rook and uh, this podcast for uh, a long time, or at least for the last few weeks, you've heard us talking about this, um, talking about talking to Persians. Uh, this was recorded, um, this London iteration was recorded last fall, uh, when myself and Captain Reza and Keon, we went to um, London and for about eight or nine days shot this documentary there. This series is predicated on the idea of going to different cities around the world and different diasporic communities uh, where the Iranians exist, finding the Persians, what they're up to, who they are, what the issues are, um, hijinks will ensue. So our first stop uh, has been and is London, uh, we recorded this. We've been in post-production and editing and figuring it all out for the last few months uh, and amongst the other things we've been doing with um, our show. And, you know, it's a small team and we're hunkering away at this. So um, it's ready. It's out this week. And what you're about to hear is the audio version of uh, the documentary, um, which hopefully will make sense to you, especially with this introduction. But if you want to watch the whole thing with video and subtitles, uh, go to our YouTube channel where it's exclusively going to be. So youtube.com slash rookmedia. Really looking forward to you seeing this. I hope you stick around uh, or listening to it on this podcast. Um, but if you do watch it or listen to it, the second half especially and um the ending is something that i hope you catch because um you know when you're making a documentary you don't always know where it's going to go and in fact you intentionally go into it not wanting to know exactly where it's going to go because um uh, you have to kind of follow the energy and the ideas and the events that happen and so there's some events and happenings in this documentary that we just didn't expect um that involve uh partially involved me going back to my birth home in London and what happens when we get back there. I hope you enjoy it as much as um, we do looking back at it. And uh, this is the first, as I say, of a series that we're going to do. Um, so here it is, Rook, uh, Talking to Persians, London. Um, the audio version on this podcast, again, if you want to watch it, Go now to youtube.com slash rookmedia. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to us and your support and watch us now. Um, and as ever, Mizun Bashin. This is me, dancing with a bunch of sweet Iranians I've never met before, in England. Now, certainly it's in the Persian DNA to dance some kind of qayr on any occasion that presents itself, especially when lubricated by food, drink, and 6-8 rhythms. But in case you wonder how I ended up in a small but lively Persian restaurant in North London on an unexpected week in the UK, well, therein lies a tale and a story about belonging.
Victoria from Gatwick Airport drew a royal train. Her Majesty, the Duke, Princess Margaret and others of the royal family welcomed the Shah of Persia, arriving in London to begin a three-day state visit. The courageous Middle Eastern ruler was a most welcome guest. That's right. In 1959, the Shah of Iran visited my hometown of London in all his regalia. And you can hardly blame the Brits for thinking Persians were exotic at the time. There weren't a lot of us around. On the present visit, this was the Shah's first contact with the London streets. And bright though the day was, the temperature must have seemed on the low side to one accustomed to sun-baked Tehran. The fact is, most Persians migrated to London after the Islamic Revolution of 1979. My family, on the other hand, was amongst an early wave of immigrants who came to England before the revolution. But then, when I was about eight years old, we migrated again to Canada, the place I've been calling home ever since. Now, despite the fact that we have a massive and burgeoning Persian community in Toronto and that Iranians have catapulted into the top 10 of immigrants coming to Canada, we thought it would make sense to start the first edition of this series back where it began for me and for so many in the diaspora, Great Britain. So, let's go to London and start finding home. Hi, greetings from Soho, uh, an international epicenter uh, where there's people of all different cultures and races and countries. And, and so our question is, where are the Persians? We're here to find them. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? So good. How are you? Do you know any Persians? Uh, yes. And I, I, do you like them? No. Sorry, it's really nice to see you here. Thank you so much, and welcome to London. Well, I, I'll take the welcome from you because, I mean, you definitely qualify as a legitimate Persian who is in London, who could be called a Londoner. Do you see yourself as a Londoner? Well, I've been here for more than 30 years, and this is, uh, I've got a British passport. I've had my children here. Uh, I've, first time I ever voted was in London, so yes. How would you characterize the, the Persian community, as an open question to begin with, um, how would you characterize the, the, the Persian community in London? Diverse, most interesting, um, most engaged, very successful, and certainly like around 2007, 2008, I remember, we used to call London the Persian capital of the world because uh, since the revolution, a lot of artists and playwrights and artistic community moved to London. London is uh, cosmopolitan, but for the Iranian community as well. Somewhere in the combination of London being an international hub, a creative and financial epicenter, and a cosmopolitan beacon of opportunity in, say, business, arts, and fashion, there are different generations of Iranians from all walks of life who are finding success and home 
in this city of dreams. You're actually standing in front of clothing because you work in fashion and you developed a fashion line that's an eco-friendly line. Tell us about this. I run a brand called Casa Detox UK, which is like at the moment is in the UK. We're hoping to expand in America. We offer a service in which we help you declutter. We then kind of take it away. We work with entities of charities that we donate to. We work with recycling centers that we kind of help ethically remove um, textile that is not no longer can be used. Where do you feel most Persian in London? At my house when I'm hosting. <laughs> That's like what my mom taught me to be a great host and I repeatedly hear it from my friends every time they're around at my house and yeah that's really where I'm like. Meaning you do the cooking? Listen, I've I've done the whole class from like Gorma Sabzi to Qayme to Fesenjun. I know how to make them all. So one day I'll be a great wife. So your answer to the, where is the most Persian place in London is your home? Yes. Do you suspect you'll stay in London? Yes. Why? It feels home. Does this feel more like home than Iran? It does. Really? Yes. Says the Persian girl who only left a few years ago. Yes, I know, but it in a very strange way, I learned how to build something for myself here. Please tell me your shirt is an homage to David Bowie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There is a connective tissue, regardless of geography, age, uh, how long it's been since we left Iran. Maybe some of us were never even born in Iran. We're going to try and get all of those questions answered, um, not empirically, but unscientifically, by talking to people in London over the next few days. It's nice to see your face in London. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Your town. You were born here, though. I was born here. <laughs> <laughs> I was born here, but I, I don't think I can claim it anymore. I think you're the Londoner now. Well, it's been 18 years only, so can I can I officially call myself a Londoner? 18 years. 18 years. Well, 18 fucking years. We've actually had this. We've talked about this, and I know you don't just like London. You make the case that this is. This is the place in the world that you want to be. Why, why do you feel so at home here? Well, it's the place that most things are happening. I mean, uh, for, for a musician, is the perfect place to be. One of the best places in the world, in my opinion. Uh, and also, if you in, have interest in movies and theater, it also, I mean, everybody, every band, every act needs to perform in here to make it, you know. So we were bang in the middle of the place which, is, um, which has all the happenings. So yeah, it's a great place. There can be little argument that London has been the birthplace of important music through the ages. And we all know some of the most exciting and influential contemporary artists emerged from the streets of London. And when you live in London, you sort of forget about all of that because you're living in the hustle and bustle, but then you sort of slow down and take a breath and realize how iconic all of these places are. You know, walking these streets were the Beatles and Pink Floyd and The Who and the Rolling Stones. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's iconic. There's, there's only one word for it, you know. Sepp Osley is the lead singer and frontman of the British-Canadian rock band Blurred Vision. Their first music video for a song that would go viral, Hey Ayatollah, actually premiered here back in 2010. And that event became the catalyst for the young musician to move to London himself. Hey, 
Soho at a place called Cafe Bohem. Bohem? I don't think we say Bohem. Bohem de Gidemikim. Bohem. Bohem. Sepp Osli. Khoshavadi. Merci. Nice to see you, brother. Thank you so much, man. You were an Iranian kid. You were a Toronto boy for a while. Your band first started, I think, in, in, in Canada. Um, I think it was about three or four years ago you made the permanent move here, right? What is it about London that created those conditions? Um, as an artist, you, you sort of bounce around place to place until you find that one setting that you can call home. For us, this turned to be turned out to be the one, and thankfully, it's you know the biggest global city there is. I remember the first time I stepped foot on London out of the airport. We came out of Heathrow, and I thought, "This is home," and I'd never felt that way before. I'd never ever since leaving Iran. I'd never had a place where, even in Canada, that I would say I feel like I'm at home. The notion of finding a home is undeniably linked to our sense of identity. And maybe to really call a place home, you need to know there is a community there that represents who you are. Well, according to a recent study by the School of Oriental and African Studies that asked the question, is there an Iranian community in Britain? The answer appears to have been a resounding yes. I didn't tell my Iranian grandma to come here. Now we know why we came to London. You're a Persian in London? Yes, yes I am. Do you feel welcome as a Persian in London? Yeah, actually. It's one of the most multicultural cities I've ever seen. It's uh, it's beautiful. I don't think it always was that way, though. You lived here once upon a time. Yeah, and I was the one who made it multicultural. <laughs> I guess if I was that, it's a pleasure to see you. It's lovely to see you. Welcome to London. Well, I feel like, first of all, um, you're as close as we can get to a real Londoner. You teach at a university here. You've been here for a long time, although born in Tehran. Um, you chose this location for us. This is your hangout to a certain extent. Tell, tell us why. Yeah. Well, I've always loved uh, this church. I love all the churches I walk in. There are, you know, beautiful places of solace. And of course, there are music venues as well. So I used to come here in my youth. I would come here for sometimes lunchtime concerts, sometimes, you know, evening uh, concerts. Then the reason I came in with a much more focused interest was the famous window of this church. This is an ancient church, um, but the magnificent window that it had was uh, damaged during the bombing of London and during the Second World War. And then for a long time, you know, they just patched it up. And eventually, in the, I think probably early 2000s, um, they put out a bid uh, for new designs for this window. And uh, to my utter pride, an Iranian artist won the competition. Of course, she gets quite cross if we label her as an Iranian artist. But for the purposes of this, we can mention she's Iranian. We can say she's Iranian. It is artists who often help us construct and design who we are as a culture and who we are as a nation. But there are also established Persian artists in the diaspora who suggest that that sense of home and identity is imbued in their artwork itself. How hostile is it going to be? Some <laughs> crucial ambush interviews. <laughs> I'm going to make accusations. Uh, <laughs> I went to Sina Valiello's program mm -hmm. and we were talking and before, is there anything you don't want to talk about? I said, Listen, one of the questions that everybody asks me and, you know, I'm just tired of it yeah. because, you know, it's like, I, it hasn't been an interview that they didn't ask this question that why are you painting female figures? Oh. So just... just didn't have that question. But, <laughs> I have to add it now. Barb, can we just forget about that one? I said, sure, fine. So I went there, said hello, and I said, hi, you're welcome to the program. Just out of interest. <laughs> why are you painting women? <laughs> First question. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you paint? Interesting question, because we've had this um, 
conversation about identity uh, with a couple of musician friends and um, you know where you might find your identity in your language or where you were born and your where, uh, where you were raised all of that of course had played a part in who you are today I think but I think for me what I what I most identify with and what actually gives meaning to my life or what I'm doing is my painting is my work, my art. That is the number one thing that I actually identify myself with, more than anything, more, more than being Iranian, more than being a man, more than being, I don't know, disabled, whatever. <laughs> galleries are full of identity-based arts you know, and, it, and the art world is really panders to that as well and uh, it's like a especially artists coming from Middle East from um, you know Southeast Asia they become like you know like a trend it's I mean I we never refer to Picasso as a Spanish artist <laughs> <laughs> You know, or you know, we never say Leonard Cohen, a Canadian artist. It's Leonard, just well, an artist. That you should be saying. But. Your well, whether Leonard Cohen ought to be always designated as Canadian or not, he was beloved in Canada and around the world, and certainly in London, where one of his final albums was recorded at an historic live concert here. But Leonard Cohen also had his own meditations on the place of home back in Montreal. Well, thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. You're very generous to let us come and invade your home and uh, sit inside your house. Thank you for this. Oh, you're most, most welcome. Uh, does this house that you have owned for or been in uh, off and on for 35 years represent something of a a haven, a retreat for you? Well, this is my house, and my kids were brought up here a good part of the time. And my grandchild comes here. And I've got a good washing machine that everybody in the neighborhood uses. They come here and use it? Yeah. Still? Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered giving the house up? Well, sometimes, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm not here long enough to justify the, the care it takes, but that that, that, that feeling evaporates very quickly as soon as I come into the place. A thousand kisses deep. Fuck me, Shamiram to Jibot. Gord me, Shamiram to Jalat. So we've been told to uh, that the, where, one of the places we find Persians is in North Finchley, or just Finchley. These are not Persians. Nice to see you. Oh my God, we've waited so long. I feel like it's been years waiting for you to arrive. Sorry, I was just at Maudad, another place, but... He... You're always at Maudad, let's face it. When are we not with Maudad? Exactly, I'm always with the mom. <laughs> you know, I've never actually been here, and I know it's a Persian neighborhood. There's a place called Farsi here if you're looking for some Farsi-speaking people. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Persian restaurant, I think. Do you, do you think? Do you think the fact that it's called Farsi and Persian restaurant indicates that it is in fact a Persian restaurant? Yes, blatantly. Uh, that would be a farce otherwise, wouldn't it? Looks quite. It'd farce, be a farce. farce. Ah! That's beautiful, bad man. The smell. Ah. It smells exquisite. I'm so excited. Thank you for showing are you, me. Are you hungry now? Yes. <laughs> Given that you've lived in LA, you've lived in, in Paris, um, the option or the choice to live in London is quite telling. I mean, I know you have family here, but tell us why you love London. 
I love the diversity of it, and I feel like you can just be yourself. I mean, and you can tell more of of your stories. I feel like you can be more genuine and not be judged. Um, that's what I really enjoy about living in London. Hi, Hamid. Salam. <laughs> are you are you going to refuse to speak to me in English? Yes, I do. Farad <laughs> Farsi. That's you. You 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 hold the line at that. Farad Farsi. I happen to know that your English is very good. What? Um, how, how, first of all, how long have you been in uh, England? Thirteen uh, years. Why did you choose London instead of somewhere like Toronto or Los Angeles? Well, it was easier to come here, and it's very similar to Tehran. How is it similar to Tehran? Busy, crazy, crowded. I love the traffic. You love the traffic. Yes. <laughs> Do you miss Tehran? Uh, yeah, kind of. How would you describe the, the Persian community here? It's very, for me, it's very hard to get on with people, with Iranians especially. Um, that's not their fault and neither my, my fault. Although we are Iranian, but we are from different parts of Iran, different cultures. And to mix these, you know, to, like, it's very hard. Modar, how often do you go for Persian food? A lot, like I, I guess twice a week I have a, a Persian restaurant just by mine and I go there and then my grandma would cook as well so when I go to hers I have Persian food. Now tell me about your lineage because you were born in London, yeah. right? But uh, you have an interesting mix of identities some of which is Persian. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah, so my, uh, my father uh, is Iranian. Uh, he moved to England quite uh, young when he was 15. Uh, but then my grandmother um, stayed there and she just moved here recently. Um, so th that's from my, my dad's side. And then my mom is French. Um, it, when I used to say in France that I was French, I always had the question, but where are you really from? So then I understood that I had to say French and Iranian and Persian because that's what I look like. You have to forgive me for the um, potentially cliche na uh, nature of the question, but uh, how has your mixed identity influenced your comedy? It's all my show, basically. Like, I, I mean, my show wrote itself from being uh, multicultural. find comfort here when I am in an Iranian community I am very uncomfortable so I think that's the reason you, you're uncomfortable in the Persian community yes but do you think people would find it odd that somebody who not only originally comes from Iran and has an Iranian background um, but spent a few years on Manoto television mm -hmm. got well known that way you have a big uh, online presence, social media presence, I'm assuming most of your followers are Iranian, mm -hmm. that somebody who has all that background would be saying, I'm uncomfortable in the Persian community. Uh, it is how it is, I'm, and it's, I can't change how I feel, you know? It's a strange question to be asking, like, who are the Persians here, uh, and where can we find them? But it's rooted in the fact that I actually grew up here. I was born here. Uh, in a house in the West End of London, which we're at some point going to go and try and find. In fact, my buddy Ali Azimi is going to come with me and we're going to see if we can find the actual birth house that I was born in in West London, in Ryslip. I've never been on the tube, actually, no. It's going to be Reza's first time on the London tube. That's true. How are you feeling about going on? It's uh, exciting, riveting, exhilarating. It's a subway. What's the big deal? Well, hold on now there, Captain Reza. 
maybe time for a quick history lesson to make the case that the tube is no ordinary subway. The London Underground is one of the largest urban rail services in the world. Opening in 1863, it was the first underground railway of its kind, and it was a hit right from the get-go. By 1880, the London Tube was already carrying 40 million passengers a year. Surprisingly though, for a service that's called the Underground, 55% of today's network is actually above ground, but it's the tube-shaped tunnel that made it famous, all of which is to say Reza is wrong. When in London, you should definitely experience the Tube. Where the hell are we? We're in, <laughs> we're in West London, uh, Northwest London. This is the Ryslip stop, which is close to uh, the house that I, that I was born in. And then it's a couple of stops away from Uxbridge, which is where I grew up, basically. Uh, so um, I, I literally haven't been back here. Uh, I mean, I've obviously been to London many times, but not back here since I was maybe that but the nose was the same size so it's literally over here we haven't approached it yet I'm a bit this is the first time in my life since I was well yeah I think I, we left this house when I was two so um, I was born in this house then. Um, and it hasn't changed that much, to be honest. It's the same roof. Um, Just a better car in front of it. I wonder if I should knock on the door. You should. I'm not going to go with you. <laughs> you don't have to go with me. I mean, I just wanted... I could just... You should. Me. I'll come with you. You get out of here. <laughs> This house, my family used to live here. And something even more interesting is uh, I was born in this house. Yeah. So do, we, you, do you mind if we film uh, that I'm talking to you and telling you this? No, I can let, 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 uh, ask. Yeah, you as ask my yeah, I'm here. Wait, excuse me. Are you are you Iranian? Yes. Salam, oh, yes. oh my God. Mom, Mom Shirley, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful to have you in my house. And well, I, I've heard quite famously that the magic of Persia has actually run out of your home. And now I see it's almost like a, a, a Persian museum in here. Are you, I guess you're the curator? Yes. <laughs> I only curate here. <laughs> but um, yes, it's been running out of my home for the past 17 years. Now you've, you've probably faced this question at before in the, in the last 17 years since you created with that magic of Persia. Is, is there a magic to Persia or Persian? I think Persia is magic, absolutely. The Magic of Persia is a nonprofit established in London in 2004 by Shirley Elkhanian. Its mission is to promote Iranian art and culture to a global audience through programs focused on modern and contemporary Iranian art, music, media, and academia in partnership with institutions like the British Museum. Um, I mean, the Persia that I grew up in was so much East, yet so much West. And that was the magic. We were, you know, we were proud to be Iranian as we are now because we were very sophisticated. We had the wonderful roots that we have 
and um, yet we were so much part of the East and the music, everything. This is sort of one of the great libraries where they have some of the texts that are very relevant. I want to show you here, what this is images of Persopolis. So what's interesting is Persopolis is polis, city, purse of the Persians. So the term Persopolis was given to Takhta Jamshid. So the word Persopolis is actually a name that is given to us. Persia is a name that's given to us. And what's really interesting is we call our language... By whom? By the Western uh, scholars who, because don't forget, the Persia was a big deal. Spoke of was and when, although I wasn't there. When Western travelers, missionaries and others went to Iran, they're the ones who gave us our history and said, guess what guys, this is Persopolis, this is Takhta Jamshid of Hachomanesh. And these are some of the very early um, sort of images that they drew. They, they, they gave us our history. Long, long time ago. I know, not real. I never have a fake cylinder. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can get excited about the cylinder, but not really. Can we, can we just pretend, I guess? I don't like going to, uh, you got tickets for, uh, it's 1993, and you got tickets for the Pearl Jam concert, and Stone Temple Pilots come out. It's like, uh, now make a reference that Iranians would yeah, understand. Yeah, a reference that, that Keon Reza gets, will yeah. understand. <laughs> you got to take it to see Andy, and it's an Andy cover band. <laughs> So uh, you were born here? I was born in this house. Wow, that's yeah. great. We, so I just, I thought, I've actually never come back here in my yeah. life. Oh, and, wow. Um, and crazy. so I was like, yeah. well, about a nine mile that way. Yeah, yeah. And just look and see if it's still there. Yeah. And then maybe. when we were looking at it, is it's it like, the same? should we knock, <laughs> it is the same. I have pictures <laughs> of it. You know, I think of you amongst the, the London Persians. Uh, I think of you as, uh, you're like, you're one of the OGs, you know, the original gangsta. You know, you're like the, the, the original brand uh, Londoner because you've been here a long time and you sound like a real Londoner. Do you think of yourself as a real Londoner? Uh, not a real Londoner, but I am one of the old gang. Yeah. Why not a real Londoner for somebody who's been here for four decades? Um, nearly five. Well, I've been in England over 50 years, London over 40 years. Um, I've never felt at home here. I've felt very comfortable here. People are very nice. Everything, life is good. But I don't feel a sense of belonging or as being a Londoner or an Englishman. Whereas when I visit Tehran, which is every three, four years for three, four weeks, I feel a Tehrani and an Iranian. That's, that's, that's quite incredible, isn't it? That uh, you spent five-sixths of your life, or uh, whatever the ratio is, yeah. outside of Iran, mm -hmm. and yet that's still home, not the place you've been living for five decades. Yeah, I have a sense of identity there, belonging. If, my, if I'm driving a car in Tehran and I feel the bumps or things that need improving, I start cursing the system, the mayor, you know, the, the whole political establishment. Here, I don't even feel the potholes or the bumps in the road. Meaning you feel a sense of ownership that you need to respond to in Iran, but here you're still a visitor somehow? Totally. In Iran, I own the country. It's, you know, it's my father's, my mother's, mine, yours. Um, here... No, I don't, I don't feel that ownership. I'm somehow kind of shy of voting in the elections here. 
considered living somewhere else um i've always wanted to go back to iran and certainly europe was most closest to iran on a personal level what was london like for you as a young iranian woman uh, in the 1980s well it was very interesting because you know i came from washington dc where i had worked um and i had gone to school I grew up in Iran, in an Iran that, you know, women, our concerns were part of uh, the politics and society of the day. Uh, so I come to London and uh, it was really different. I mean, um, sitting in an office with one, two directors, one me, one someone else, a man. British men would come in and immediately they would ask me for tea or they would come to some, you know, to promote their businesses and what they would say, oh, and we don't have any little English, uh, little lady answering phone calls, you know, to say that they are very serious. But so much changed since 1988 to now. So you're saying that you actually came from a more progressive, a less patriarchal culture in Iran to what you experienced here in England in the beginning. Definitely, definitely. How do you self-identify? Are you, are you English? Are you British? Or are you Iranian? Yeah, I'm Iranian. I'm Iranian. I'm a bit of a fusion, I suppose. I am Iranian through and through, but probably have been softened, maybe, I hope, a little bit more sophisticated in terms of being a grown woman. Uh, I am Iranian for document purposes, obviously, and I put British, um, but I am Iranian. It's so interesting how people are different because we've been talking to people who, for example, have been here for four or five decades yeah. um, and feel still feel really Iranian. And you feel more English. That's true. Um, and I think that's the, re- the, the reason is because uh, they, they stick to the community and they don't let go of their p- past memories. Um, and they have some stuff that they feel belong to in Iran, uh, but I don't feel like that. For some reasons, I don't miss Iran at all. So there's a bedroom on the main floor, right? These are the bedrooms. Yeah. So is this still a bedroom? Yeah, this is the bed. Biggest one. I think I was born in this one. <laughs> Congratulations. Which makes sense. <laughs> 
Iranian, welcome to my house. As I explained to you, I had a couple of friends in here. They came here. They stay with me almost, some of them, one or two years. Anyone, if we come to London, if we get used to it to London, they, they, they cannot leave London, go to somewhere else. Because, you know, London has got a uh, um, public transport, is best top public transport. This is not a real Persian uh, carpet. A fashion iruni, a sili iruni. Hmm. You know how I know? How? I don't know. <laughs> but that's what you say. The Persians say that, you know? You're always supposed to deny uh, the validity of, of said rug. So that, I'm doing that right now. This meets not real. We have these. Uh, it's pretty real indeed. I got Chisha, it looks like a real rug. What am I missing? I didn't realize Estee Lauder was uh, on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a person? It's a fashion brand. Shion doesn't know anything about fashion. What is your name? I'm starting easy. Morpho. Morpho? Yeah. What, Morpho? Is that I'm your? Cypriot. Oh, that's a really. That's your name. Yeah. It's not your username. No, that is my name. Morpho, Morpho Beazi. But everyone, because you know, when you're in the UK, they always turn it into an English name. Morph. Right. Well, it's a great that's name. Translated name. Morpho is a great name. Thank you. Because I'm because I'm Cypriot. I grew up with all my Cypriot cousins and my Cypriot family, and it was a very close knit community and in the south of England if you've ever gone to the south I have it's not very diverse that's right all. then when you come to London you're exposed to so many different cultures um, Cypriots Cypriots I live in Stoke Newington it's a very Hasidic Jew area um, Turkish Persians now yeah and that's it have you ever tried Iranian food mm. some Persian restaurants in town yeah, I live I live like near Dalston and I feel like that that's a lot of Near where? In Dalston. Where? Dalston. You're taking the <laughs> No, I'm not. Dalston. No, do, say it again. Dalston. Dalston. I don't know where that is. You do. What is Dalston? Dalston. I How do you No, I don't know. <laughs> no, how do you really I don't know what you're Dalston. saying. Dalston. D A L S T O N. Ah, Dalston. 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 has a lot of Persians? I think so. I think we've exhausted the I question. Love, I love this edit. It's going to be fucking shameful. It's national dish. Uh, chela kebab, like uh, yeah, it's like a kebab over rice. Mm, really, but it's all about the spicing of yeah. the kebab. But I feel like Persian and Cypriot food and Greek. I think we get along. We we, we could break bread together. We can. I mean, like as Jesus. a. Did he break bread? I thought he made he bread. Now. He does now. Red wine. Careful, mate. Right, we need to get to it. Good luck. Thank okay. you so much, Morpho. Big love. Morpho. 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 What's your Morpho. name? Morpho. Yeah. Morpho. Yeah. Gion. 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 Dalston. Dalston. We're outside of a... A restaurant we're going to go to at tonight that a bunch of people have told us about called Berenjak. What does Berenjak mean? Uh, means uh, uh, little rice. Means little rice. Alright, we're going to get some um, mosquitoes and some uh, cash There's a much bigger Iranian community in Toronto now than there is in London. In fact, it's actually not a big Iranian community here. It's not. Um, it's just starting to get out. Uh, I mean, here we have a program called Saturday Kitchen, which is a sort of famous program that's been running for decades of food. And more and more you're seeing Persian chefs uh, spreading the culture and spreading the recipes of our homeland. They're starting to see us not for what is the modern-day Iran, but for what the ancient history and the culture represents. 
and that's a that's a fantastic uh, thought for me because it just goes to show that there's still lots of room for us to grow as a community but also to share and influence and inspire people from all this amazing history that we have you know it's, it's, it's exciting to see it growing here I think we're all having we're all having it has arrived. So this is. So we have this beautiful brioche bun that I believe they make in house. Gorgeous chicken liver pate. Kian, you know, Kian, are you feeling the need to be healthy? Pardon me? Are you feeling the need to be healthy? I just feel like I need to not have that, whatever you're having. <laughs> Uh, our guest has uh, has kindly offered this as a as a moment of his London existence, but he doesn't look appetizing. He called this gorgeous, is it not? I'm gonna let you be the guinea pig and see how that works out. Actually, for those people, they stay with me, the rest of them. Uh, one of them is Mehran, he's in Los Angeles. He get married with one doctor because I advised him, God, what you do, and he done it. And he went to the America, he get married. The advice was go marry a doctor? Yeah. He's, he he got married to with my advice. Yes. I want I don't want to tell you how to. I, but do I should I marry a doctor? I will. I, I definitely I would advise you as well. <laughs> 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 What's London like as a place to be single for a handsome musician? I'm a handsome. It's okay. How do you meet people in London? I mean, I'm a friendly person. I'm very... Uh, kind. You've said you're kind. Uh, well, apart from that, I'm also very chatty and also very uh, warm. You know, so I, whenever I meet people, I always reach out. I always try to know them. So that puts me in a okay position to meet people. You know. I had no idea this is what I was going to be asking you, by the way, but it seems uh, we've gone down this road. I'm shocked that you're asking me these questions, to be honest. I, Are you? I mean, I'm okay with I mean, any question that comes my way, I, I will answer it. I don't have no shame about it. You know, You're writing about relationships, so I thought I'd ask you about them. Why not? Why not? I'm, I'm happy to answer them. Otherwise, I would have said, Reza Khat. We're outside Buckingham Palace. Hello. Hello. What's your name? I'm Arthur Brittany Chelsea. You're Arthur Brit. Well, your your middle name is Brittany. Yeah, it's act actually Arthur Brittany. I was the first person in the UK to get uh, asylum in the basis of being non-binary. So I got the privilege to choose my name, and I was able to choose the name of Brittany, mix it with a masculine name to break all this kind of stereotypes, binary uh, stigmas. Now we're here in London finding Persians, the Persian community, and um, now you're not Persian. I'm not, no. But you know some Persians. A lot, a lot of Persians. How do you know so many Persians? Um, I am a refugee, as I, as, I re as I said before, so I work closely with the uh, refugee community back in Liverpool, and we got a lot of people from different nationalities, different backgrounds, different country, ethnics, and yeah, I know a lot of Persians. That okay. they, some of them, they are LGBT, some of them, they are, they are uh, from other backgrounds, but they are literally really lovely community. What do you? Th I was going to say, what do you think of the Persian people you know? I think they are hot, really hot. <laughs> I love guys with beard, but aside from that, I I love that they are really warming. You know, you don't like the beard? I love beards. I love beards. I love beards. I have a thing with facial hair. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so the thing is. Uh, 
you know, I, I've been with a lot of Persian guys and, and the way they treat you when you go to their home, that hospitality is really great, you know, even if you are new, they treat you like you're like a, a long time friend. So I, la I love that a lot, a lot. And Sounds like you should be with a Persian person. Of course, of course. I've been with a lot, to be honest. I've been with a lot. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the fact that Britney has ended up with a Persian? I actually like that because as, as I told you, I know about the Persian culture and I know that Sam is a really nice fella. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a stigma sometimes that things that people that are Muslim or come from the media else, they are really machist. But the truth is, it's like we have a different different people, people that, of course, they are extreme and people, they are more open-minded. And I think Sam is a person that is really open-minded in that sense, you know. I don't want to reduce Sam to his looks, yeah. but do we think he's, do we think he's hot? Of course, I think, yeah. <laughs> of course, I think he's hot. <laughs> Salam, how are you? Reza, what's your name? Sam. Sam, Sam. pleasure meeting you, man. So you guys are born here, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was born in this house. He, literally in the house. Yeah. So I remember, I remember, I remember, I think if you look at some of the pictures in there, you guys will see that the frontage was exactly the same when we took so over the house. It. Yeah, we've changed it. Yeah, my dad, you know, it's, like, it's, it's actually when we were in Iran, we've had a similar house like this. So obviously, aesthetic wise, he wanted to do the same, you know, to bring those memories back to life. And obviously, we've done that. But yeah, nice. No, What's your what do you do these days? I'm in commercial property. So I build platform for startup businesses, um, property, property world. An, an Iranian in real estate. Who knew? Who knew that was? <laughs> yeah, interesting. Oh, actually, I don't live here. I'm staying here for, for, for a bit at the moment with my parents. I've actually got a flat myself in Central. What happened? Why are you back in the... Yeah, what, just, what, something bad happened? It's the food, you know. It's the food, you know. It's the food and it's the mommy's boy thing, you know, drags you back. <laughs> always to my house as I explained to you I had a couple of friends in here they came here they stay with me almost some of them one or two years and those rooms we've been there and they left they lived in here for a couple of months some of them some of them for one or two years some of them for three years and they uh, fly to Canada they fly to America this is the first they came here to get settled and they, uh, some of them, I think. Uh, how do they? How do they find you? Uh, well, lots of people in London know me. Lots of people from your music. From the music. Seen the sign for sale. One year was why I didn't sell this house. I told I, I I like this house. I wish uh, everything is going to be sorted out for me. I'm going to buy this house. And it wasn't. It wasn't an Iranian that was living here before. No, no, no. Um, actually, it belonged to one family. One old man. I think he died in here. Yeah, he was old man. He died, and this house has been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> My birth, your music, people dying. <laughs> In the end, our days finding the Persian community in London were a revelation. The Iranians in this historic city are not only connected to their roots, but passionate, diverse, and dynamic. The London Iranians may not have the numbers of those in Toronto or LA, but they sure have the spirit and the love for our unique and beautiful culture. And on a personal level, well, it turns out traveling back to my childhood streets would be a gift, but not in a way I might have ever imagined. Oh sure, seeing Nine Walnut Way as an adult provided me with a new visual memory, 
but it was what I found inside that moved me so profoundly. A new friend in Ali Hosseini, the keyboard and songman, and his sweet family. And even more, as I danced to his cover tunes and celebrated with local modest revelers on a Saturday night in a small Persian restaurant in North London, I realized I'd traveled back to the city I was born in as an Iranian Londoner and didn't just find my old house, but a piece of home.